0: section 12 of the letters of mark twain complete this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by james k white the letters of mark twain complete by mark twain volume 2 chapter 11 letters 1871 to 72 REMOVAL TO HARTFORD, A LECTURE TOUR, "Roughing IT, FIRST LETTER TO HOWELLS. The house they had taken in Hartford was the Hooker property on Forest Street, a handsome place in a distinctly literary neighborhood. Harriet Beecher Stowe, Charles Dudley Warner, and other well-known writers were within easy walking distance. Twitchell was perhaps half a mile away. It was the proper environment for Mark Twain. He settled his little family there, and was presently at Redpath's office in Boston, which was a congenial place, as we have seen before. He did not fail to return to the company of Nasby, Josh Billings, and those others of Redpath's attractions, as long and as often as distance would permit. Bret Hart, who by this time had won fame, was also in Boston now, and frequently with Howell's... Aldrich and Mark Twain gathered in some quiet restaurant corner for a luncheon that lasted through a dim winter afternoon, a period of anecdote, reminiscence, and mirth. They were all young then, and laughed easily. Howells has written of one such luncheon given by Ralph Keeler, a young Californian, a gathering at which James T. Fields was present. Nothing remains to me of the happy time, but a sense of idle and aimless and joyful talk-play, beginning and ending nowhere, of eager laughter, of countless good stories from fields, of a heat-lightning shimmer of wit from Aldrich, of an occasional concentration of our joint mockeries upon our host, who took it gladly. But the lecture circuit cannot be restricted to the radius of Boston clemens was presently writing to redpath from washington and points farther west to james redpath in boston washington tuesday october 28 1871 dear red i have come square out thrown reminiscences overboard and taken artemis ward humorist for my subject wrote it here on friday and saturday and read it from manuscript last night to an enormous house it suits me and i'll never deliver the nasty nauseous reminiscences any more yours mark the artemus ward lecture lasted eleven days then he wrote to redpath and fall in boston buffalo depot december 8 1871 redpath and fall boston notify all hands that from this time i shall talk nothing but selections for my forthcoming book roughing it tried it last night suits me tip-top samuel clemens the roughing it chapters proved a success and continued in high favor through the rest of the season to James Redpath in Boston, Logansport, Indiana, January 2, 1872 Friend Redpath Had a splendid time with a splendid audience in Indianapolis last night, a perfectly jammed house, just as I have had all the time out here. I like the new lecture, but I hate the autumnus Ward talk and won't talk it any more no man ever approved that choice of subject in my hearing i think give me some comfort if i am to talk in new york am i going to have a good house i don't care now to have any appointments cancelled i'll even fetch those dutch pennsylvanians with this lecture have paid up four thousand dollars indebtedness you are the last on my list shall begin to pay you in a few days and then i shall be a free man again yours mark with his debts paid clemens was anxious to be getting home two weeks following the above he wrote redpath that he would accept no more engagements at any price outside of new england and added the few engagements i have from this time forth the better i shall be pleased by the end of february he was back in hartford refusing an engagement in Boston, and announcing to Redpath, "'If I had another engagement, I'd rot before I'd fill it,' from which we gather that he was not entirely happy in the lecture field. As a matter of fact, Mark Twain loathed the continuous travel and nightly drudgery of platform life. He was fond of entertaining, and there were moments of triumph that repaid him for a good deal, but the tyranny of a schedule and timetables was a constant exasperation meantime roughing it had appeared and was selling abundantly mark twain free of debt and in pleasant circumstances felt that the outlook was bright it became even more so when in march the second child a little girl susie was born with no attending misfortunes but then in the early summer little langdon died it was seldom, during all of Mark Twain's life, that he enjoyed more than a brief period of unmixed happiness. It was in June of that year that Clemens wrote his first letter to William Dean Howells, the first of several hundred that would follow, in the years to come, and has in it something that is characteristic of nearly all the Clemens Howells letters, a kind of tender playfulness that answered to something in Howells' makeup, his sense of humour, his wide knowledge, Of a humanity which he pictured so amusingly to the world to william dean howells in boston hartford june 15 1872 friend howells could you tell me how i could get a copy of your portrait as published in hearth and home i hear so much talk about it as being among the finest works of art which have yet appeared in that journal that i feel a strong desire to see it is it suitable for framing i have written the publishers of h and h time and again but they say that the demand for the portrait immediately exhausted the edition and now a copy cannot be had even for the european demand which has now begun bret hart has been here and says his family would not be without that portrait for any consideration he says his children get up in the night and yell for it i would give anything for a copy of that portrait to put up in my parlor i have oliver Winder holmes and Bret Hart's as published in every saturday and of all the swarms that come every day to gaze upon them none go away that are not softened and humbled and made more resigned to the will of god if i had yours to put up alongside of them i believe the combination would bring more souls to earnest reflection and ultimate conviction of their lost condition than any other kind of warning would where in the nation can i get that portrait here are heaps of people that want it that need it there is my uncle he wants a copy he is lying at the point of death he has been lying at the point of death for two years he wants a copy and i want him to have a copy and i want you to send a copy to the man that shot my dog i want to see if he is dead to every human instinct now you send me that portrait i am sending you mine in this letter and am glad to do it for it has been greatly admired people who are judges of art find in the execution a grandeur which has not been equaled in this country and an expression which has not been approached in any. Yours truly, S. L. Clemens P.S. 62,000 copies of Roughing It sold and delivered in four months. The Clemens family did not spend the summer at Quarry Farm that year. The sea air was prescribed for Mrs. Clemens and the baby, and they went to Saybrook, Connecticut, to Fenwick Hall. Clemens wrote very little, though he seems to have planned Tom Sawyer, and perhaps made its earliest beginning, which was in dramatic form. His mind, however, was otherwise active. He was always more or less given to inventions, and in his next letter we find a description of one which he brought to comparative perfection. He had also conceived the idea of another book of travel, and this was his purpose of a projected trip to England to orion clemens in hartford fenwick hall saybrook connecticut august 11 1872 my dear brother i shall sail for england in the scotia august 21 but what i wish to put on record now is my new invention hence this note which you will preserve it is this a self-pasting scrapbook good enough idea if some juggling tailor does not come along and antedate me a couple of months as in the case of the elastic best strap the nuisance of keeping a scrapbook is one one never has paste or gum tragacanth handy two mucilage won't stick or stay four weeks three mucilage sucks out the ink and makes the scraps unreadable four to daub and paste three or four pages of scraps is tedious, slow, nasty, and tiresome. My idea is this: make a scrapbook with leaves veneered or coated with gum stickum of some kind. Wet the page with sponge, brush, rag, or tongue, and dab on your scraps like postage stamps. Lay on the gum in columns of stripes. Each stripe of gum the length of say twenty m's, small pica and as broad as your finger a blank about as broad as your finger between each two stripes so in wetting the paper you need not wet any more of the gum than your scrap or scraps will cover then you may shut up the book and the leaves won't stick together preserve also the envelope of this letter postmark ought to be good evidence of the date of this great humanizing and civilizing invention i'll put it into dan sloat's hands and tell him he must send you all over america to urge its use upon stationers and booksellers so don't buy into a newspaper the name of this thing is mark twain's self-pasting scrapbook all well here shall be up p.m. tuesday send the carriage your brother s l clemens The Dan Sloat of this letter is, of course, his old Quaker City shipmate, who was engaged in the blank book business, the firm being Sloat and Woodman, located at one hundred nineteen and one hundred twenty one William Street, New York. End of section twelve Recording by James K White Vista.